So wet day to skippily. Welcome again to another episode of Latin and Layman's where today I'm going to be diving into um, some things that are happening in the world right now and then tying them back into some etymology, learning some new words and or the significance of the words that we use and or the meanings and the the energy that are associated behind those words, because sometimes we don't understand the words that we use and how they can be very hurtful. They can be charged. They can have a lot of history embedded within them. And that's why they have such, um, like a, a, a nasty quality to it that people tend to react to. Um, but this all comes really from, this is after the day after, um, the Ocean Gate submarine vessel. Uh, we just figured out that um, you know it had imploded uh, upon diving to those extreme depths. And if anybody is unaware of what has gone on in these these past few days, well, there was a submarine vessel um, rigged. Well, really jerry rigged. This this vessel was not suited to be doing what it was doing, which was taking five. Um, tourists down to the depths of the Titanic to look and survey and just kind of, you know, it was a bunch of billionaires. So it was kind of a billionaire kind of thing to do. I guess they were just bored and they wanted to spend some money and, you know, whatever. Such is a life where you have excessive amounts of money. What do you do with that money? Well, you know what? I don't really know because I don't have excessive amounts of money, but I wouldn't want to because I wouldn't have to have to think about doing things like that in order to fill my time. That's why um, I know people that work to retire and it just doesn't make sense to me because the, uh, the people that I know that work to retire also work and their only, um, you know, their only purpose in life is their work. So once they retire, what do they do? Where is their purpose? Where And goes to show, studies on studies show that people tend to die sooner after um, retiring uh, because uh, they lack the purpose in their life that they had had prior. Um that's why a lot of people that I know, a lot of people, a lot of that very thriving um, advanced age population people, I still refer to that because the medical field does, but um, they, they thrive because what they do is they transition from their retirement and they take whatever they had done and they go into instruction a lot of the time, or they go into volunteerism, or they go into giving and uh, you know, serving others still, because at the end of the day, that's what enriches their soul. That's what develops their friendships, their relationships. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, I, I just find it funny. You know, I talk to these people, I'm like, what are you going to do when you retire? Like, really? You're not, you, you, you don't even know, and you're not even going to have a lot of money in order to retire. So are you really going to enjoy your retirement? I don't think so. I know for myself that if I were to ever retire, I wouldn't really actually retire. I would retire maybe one thing to pick up another thing. And, um, you know, in a way, like maybe it would be like doing full-time podcasting or I don't know, but like full-time whatever, or, you know, like yesterday, um, yeah, I do some things because, um, um, I have a bunch of cans of food that I haven't, I don't have a use for really. And I know that I won't eat. So, um, on my recovery rides, I'll fill up my panniers or my frame bag that's, um, situated, uh, it's a backpacking or a bike packing, uh, bag that situates in the, the middle frame of the, uh, of my gravel bike. And I'll just fill it up with cans and I'll slowly, as I go, I, um, I give, 
stuff to homeless people as I'm, I'm just biking around. Um, I don't know. Like the reason why I say that is because maybe like, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, create some oomph also for my NHS kids to do more volunteer work and all that kind of stuff. Because really like, I know that I didn't really enjoy it as a kid, but now looking back on it, every single time that I volunteer, which I'm, I've been doing, I'm trying to do a lot lately, um, is just this sense of purpose where it's not about me in this world. Yes, there's a lot of things going on in my life in this world. Some things that are a little stressful, some things that are taking up a little space in my life that I would rather, you know, wish that it was over and done, but it's not. And it will be ongoing for a little bit longer, aka a maintenance thing that's happening in my apartment right now, or, you know, having to deal with, um, you know, dental work right now and stuff like that. But, um, you know, just, you know, sometimes we, we tend to hyperfixate on our lives and, you know, sometimes I just want to sit in it. You know, sometimes you just want to sit in it. You don't want other people to tell you like, oh, well, at least your life isn't like this or that like this or this or this. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. Everybody gets that. They understand that. But that's not what I'm trying to, you know, I, I just, I need you to understand that my life is not really ha working out right now really well. It's not about trying to make it look better. It's not trying to fix it. Stop trying to fix things for other people because a lot of the time, especially me, I remember I used to be frustrated. I had an ex-girlfriend of mine. This is what um, this ex-girlfriend of mine really taught me the significance of, you know, what, what dudes really do and what we really need to try and not do is like when we hear problems that our significant other are talking about, we quickly try to find a resolution. We try to fix that problem. But some, what I've realized about girls and now what I've realized about sometimes with me is that I just want to talk. I just want you to know. I don't want a solution at the moment. Maybe there isn't a solution. Maybe I just want to wallow in it for a hot sec and just sit in it. And absorb those things because at the end of the day, I feel like we got to feel everything in our lives. We don't feel a lot of things in our lives or we dissociate from those things or we numb from those things and then we don't really think about them. Sitting in it is important because I've sat in it. I wallowed in it for a little bit about like all this stupid crap going on right now. And, um, and then it makes everything seem inconsequential because I give a can of food to somebody and then they light up and they tell me that God bless me and, you know, how grateful they are. And then it's like when I was in Vanguard and I taught fourth through sixth graders, man, for some reason, the fourth graders definitely were frustrating for sure, because I shouldn't be having to teach Latin to fourth graders first off. So uh, at least in the way that they wanted me to teach it, it was just too highfalutin. It was going over their heads really advanced grammatical concepts. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it's like I was, when I was talking with Zach in my prior podcast, that long conversation with him, our candid conversation, it's like, you can't just go from one to 9,000. You gotta, you gotta incrementally go. You can't just go from, uh, you know, ABC to calculus. It's just not how, how it works. So, uh, aside from my rant there, I'll go back to really what this, what, what, why I'm doing all these hurtful words and talking about them and the significance of, um, is because these guys died, these guys, all these guys ended up dying. And before that we had known that the submersible vessel today is Friday. We found the debris Thursday. They set out 
Sunday morning with 96 hours of oxygen on the vessel that would, you know, and, and then 96 hours it would burn up and then no more oxygen. Um, and so then it was being covered through this time because then they ended up going down deeper and deeper and deeper. And the more that you learn about this vessel, the more it's jerry-rigged, the more it's being controlled by a Logitech, uh, you know, game controller. It wasn't vetted very well. And um, it just, it shouldn't have been allowed to to do this, this really, like, I wouldn't want to go 13,000 feet deep into the ocean, two and a half miles down in the ocean in a vessel that I didn't think was properly vetted and checked and dotted and crossed the T's and all to the nine to make sure that I was going to make it out there right as rain. So we're learning and then, you know, here we're just speculating and, you know, we're hearing about what's going on with everything and we can't communicate with them. So we're just, uh, we're just thinking like what's going on. You know, and it just made me think of a movie and how it's kind of movie-like and, you know, what's going on in their minds. Are, are they, you know, have they come to, to accept their fate? Are they understanding that maybe they got to kill someone in order to preserve the oxygen more? You know, is it happening like that? You know, have they, are they all just like gathered around? Are they praying? Are they holding hands? Are they just crying? Are they just sending out? prayers and good vibes and energy and whatever they, you know, subscribe to. I don't know, but it really was disheartening. I just thought about that. And it reminded me, it reminded me oddly of the, the movie. Um, I think it's called the core. I know it's got that, that Eckert guy. Um, I remember I didn't like him as an actor when I was a kid because he played a role where he ended up being like, like a slimy scumbag dude. And then I, I don't know. As a kid, you have impressions on actors when they play certain roles. And the, anyways, ramble, bamble. The core is about you know this this vessel that goes and travels down to the the core of the earth. And as they're going down to the core of the earth, the crew started uh, slowly starts getting picked off. Essentially, everybody starts dying, and that's what it made me think of. But also, it just made me think of how awful it is and how claustrophobic it is. And the reason why I'm going to tie it all back now is because, um, especially on TikTok now, I've seen how people have created this event into a meme and into kind of a joke. And I know that sometimes, you know, that's what I love about comedy. I love how comedy takes things that are rather controversial. They're rather heavy and they make light of those things. But when it's just a bunch of people and they're saying a lot of nasty stuff. It's not even, you know, it's not even jokingly. It's it's more of just anger. It's about, well, you know, they're billionaires. Nobody's going to miss them, anything like that. You know, just like, you know, we have such anger towards the fact that, you know, I mean, even for me, it's, I, I at first I thought they were just tourists. As soon as I learned that they were billionaires, my compassion kind of dwindled a little, a little bit. And I had to take a step back and I was like, wait, why? I'm like, just because they have so much more money, does that make them more like, less of a human. It's interesting because on the other hand, we have the vice versa, which are homeless people. And I've had to take a step back with homeless people as well, because before I, I, a lot of the time, you know, 
I would avoid eye contact with them because I felt like if I ever made eye contact with them, that would invite them to come, you know, towards me and ask for money for me or something like that, you know. And I took a step back and realized that me not engaging with homeless people was again uh, dehumanizing them because I would seek out the affection and uh, the love of a dog faster than I would a homeless person, although a homeless person is a human being. And a dog is a dog, and I'm not saying that a dog is less than a homeless person or more there, more thereafter or whatever. I'm just saying that you just got to think a little bit more. And these are people, and these are people that are suffering. A lot of them are. A lot of them choose it, and that's fine for them. I know. I've talked to these people. I remember I was very curious about it when I was in Portland. But now it's a little bit different. And I see a lot of this homelessness just being, you know, it's it's because we are inundated with all the drugs and the the you know the perpetuation of the drugs, which, which perpetuates the further mental illness, which then creates a cyclical cycle, where then you know their bandwidth is just tied to that addiction rather than seeking anything else other than addiction. So when you are a homeless person and your scope of framework is really only to seek that seek out that high. That's really all you're going to be doing day in and day day out. You ha- you don't have bandwidth to think about supporting yourself, finding a, a job, finding this or that, finding food, finding support, getting help. You don't think about those things a lot of the time until it's there's a dramatic event maybe. I don't know. Or when I talk to a lot of homeless people, a lot of the time they've told me the only time that they've been so- sober is when they're in jail. So there you go. Maybe sometimes that has to be the case, but it's that same thing, you know, me equating or like seeing these people at first, I was like, oh, they're just these tourist people. It's awful. You know, I know that there's at least a younger person that was driving the or manning the, the vessel, I do believe, but I don't know. It was just really hard to see all this stuff now because before, you know, you kind of knew that it was going to be not a rescue mission, but more of a recovery effort. But social media creates this platform to just perpetuate non-empathy and anger and um, uncompassionate people. Because... And then for them to just like, you know, lay out these comments, you know, it's okay to be angry sometimes towards people, but then to like throw it into the ethers for everybody else to see just because you want to, why? What are you gaining from that? Sometimes I'll see a TikTok video and I'll, I'll, I'll want to kind of be a little argumentative sometimes because Sometimes I want to be argumentative. I was telling my mom yesterday that I decided to get into a little bit of a debate when I was at the gym the other day because um, I was just on the leg curl and I was chilling and I heard two guys over over my headphones talking about chiropractic and how chiropractics are quacks and they're not actual doctors and they shouldn't have a doctorate. And I was like, and all I did was I just kept on saying wrong, wrong, wrong. And I, I was just saying wrong. You know, like the the stupid Trump thing. Wrong, wrong, wrong. That's wrong, wrong. Sleepy Joe is wrong. All right, I'm not. uh, (laughs) But I was just saying wrong. And so finally, the guy heard me. He was like, "I'm like, uh, uh, are you 
are you talking to me? I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm not really talking to you, but I'm just kind of commenting on the fact that you're wrong about what you're saying right now. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be this kind of way or anything like that, but I I'm overhearing you saying some things that are generalizing a group of people that you don't very well know. And you don't have a lot of accurate information as to actually, you know, accurately vet, um, your opinions to this other person that you're talking to right now. And the dude was like, nah, you're, you're, you're I, I know because I've been, a, I'm like, I know because my dad is a chiropractor and I have dealt with all this kind of stuff. I've dealt with chiropractors that yes, of course, there are people in the chiropractic field that are not really there for the best in interest of the patient. They want just the, the patient to, you know, be on a maintenance plan, you know, to come back, you know, weekly or biweekly so that, you know, that's a cash cow kind of thing, you know, same thing with medicine. Same thing with big pharma, you know, but at the same time, I know chiropractors that have changed the lives of people. I've met chiropractors. I've met my dad that has found things on X or my dad has found things on x-rays that radiologists have not even found, AKA cancer. He has found tumors. He has saved people's lives as a chiropractor. His amount of knowledge is insane. And then, so I was like, you know what, let me tell you. First off, chiropractors have to take more medical uh, student hours than a medical doctor does. And so for my friends that are medical students, th this is true. You can look this up. I have studies. I have reference articles that show this. And also, you know, and then they're like, yeah, you know, but, you know, medical doctors have res residency, which is also true. But do doctors of chiropractic also do the residency, but they do it in a more... Um, well, in a way where they're, they're doing it, they don't do, well, they do two years, but they do it while they're also in school and thereafter for a year, but they don't do it specialized. They're, they're doing it as a chiropractor, you know, with, with a manual manipulation, you know, physical therapy, all that kind of stuff, learning the body. Um, but if, um, I know because I've looked into the degrees because I've looked into being a DO, which is a doctor of osteopathy, which is basically almost like a chiropractor, although they don't do the manual manipulations and, um, they can, they also have an MD so they can prescribe medications. DCs don't have an MD, so they can't do the medication deal. Although they've been through an extensive, extensive amount of schooling. It's just that they haven't had a certain amount of hours allotted to uh, different specialties within medicine. But that being said, dude, they have a doctor. And I told him that. And I was like, these people go to school, they work hard. And for you to just be like telling, uh, saying that they're quacks and they, they, they don't know what they're doing and that they all should be run out of business is um, a very antiquated, a very arrogant, and a very ignorant way of uh, reducing a population. And I was like, so that's all I want you to know is that you're wrong respectfully, but you're wrong. And I've been wrong before in the past, but I'm not wrong about this. So sorry, not sorry. You just got owned. And I did that. And hey, the guy was a little, I don't really know how the guy took it, but the other guy that was talking to him actually agreed with me because the guy, I think the guy that he was talking to before, he was kind of just agreeing to disagree, you know, just to to be done with it kind of thing. Wow, this has become a long intro. But so yeah, I don't know that I, I actually 
can't really remember why I got talking about that rant, but I'll leave it at that because um, yeah, we in, we need to understand that we we all are our own individuals in this world, and we're all trying to f uh, trying to do our best. I really truly believe that. I think that that's one reason why I really have liked listening to Lex Friedman as of recent. I've never listened to this guy before, <clears throat> but um, because I'm not like a really big AI person, I'm not a big like technology person. I don't know a lot about that. Makes me feel like I need to listen to him a little bit more to just get a little bit more knowledge um, about these kinds of things as they become more and more precedent in our lives. But what some uh, something that I've gained from him extensively is how he he sees humanity as love um and i really love that and he sees the goodness in people and the capability of the goodness we all have we also are capable of really 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 awful things i just watched this movie called prisoners with hugh jackman and jake gyllenhaal great movie I'm trying to get better about watching movies. It took me two days to watch the movie, but I still finished it. Hey, it's a two and a half hour movie. It's a pretty long movie. I had to split it up a little bit. All right. It's hard for me to sit and watch a movie for that extended amount of time without feeling that I need to do something else. But I'm getting better. Slowly, baby steps. I also just watched the whole uh, new season of Black Mirror. I love Black Mirror so much. I was so underwhelmed by this recent season, but you know, it is what it is. The first episode I ever watched was the entire history of you. <clears throat> and uh, just talking about a beautiful comment and commentary on how technology is going to inundate our world in such a, um, a non-private way. It's just going to, it's going to uproot our privacy. We already don't have privacy. Anyways, let's talk about some words that we should understand. I've talked about some historically significant awful words that I I know that are in the past episodes. I'm sure if you looked up hurtful uh, or problematic words, you'll find another episode or two. Maybe I'll get into them in this in this one here. It's going to be a long one. Is what it is. Appreciate you guys though. Let's get into it. All right, so. Like I was saying, I think it's really important to be aware of the etymological origin of words. The roots of many of these hurtful words that I'm going to get into um, are rooted in violence, anger, and contempt. So I would say that these words have been used for centuries and they've been manipulated and neologism, the creation of new words um, that have stemmed from these words all come from a place of inflicted pain and means of dehumanizing others. And so I think that when I talk about these kinds of things, my purpose, my, my part that I'm trying to do here is to, to help you guys understand that we can all do a part in order to create a more empathetic, compassionate world by choosing the words carefully, avoiding words that are hurtful, but also being logical about it and understanding that so, some words 
aren't as hurtful as others. And some people blow them out of proportion to be hurtful, but some words have a lot of hurt. So it's about understanding, weighing those words like a scale, like a Libra. Because a Libra is a scale. And remember, the scale, the image for a Libra is a scale. You see it as a constellation. It's why in Latin, Libra was equivalent to a pound, is why pound is abbreviated as LBS. I don't think I see an L, a B, or an S in pound. The reason why is because Libra, Libras. First word, abrasive which refers to tending to irritate or wear away. Comes from the Latin abradere, which means to scrape away. So something that's abrasive, maybe it's an abrasive material, an abrasive material scrapes away, okay? But somebody that is abrasive also can kind of scrape away at you. Somebody that's callous is unfeeling, insensitive, or hardened. It comes from the Latin callosus, meaning hardened or callous in nature. Cynical. Cynical is distrustful of human nature or institutions. Thought that this was an interesting one. Comes from the Greek kininkos, meaning dog-like. Remember when we talked about the cynics? The cynics were a group of ascetic individuals that decided to basically um, not, they like just refused the lifestyle other than just being ascetic in nature. The cynics. Demeaning. Demeaning. D meaning down from. And mean, uh, it comes from the Middle English meanin, spelled M-E with a macron over that, E-N-E-N, um, which means to intend to do something or to plan, essentially. Um, so... When you demean, you plan down from essentially, it also uh, assimilated later on into the old English meaning demon, which meant to judge. So demeaning refers to judging essentially in the old English, it demeaning to degrade, humiliate, or to cause loss of respect. Look, you can etymo etymologize all those words, demeaning down from gradeo, which means um, means to walk or to step or to go. It comes from Latin gradi. So if you degrade someone, you you step down from them. You you make them step down essentially. And maybe in terms of their self esteem, how they see themselves, they step down from where they had been before. Maybe they were at like a you know at a certain level, and you dock them down a level. It's kind of crappy to do. Don't do that. Derogatory. D meaning down from rogo rogare actually means to ask. But actually, I'm going to take that back. Uh, no, I was right. It means to ask. So uh, pertaining to asking down from essentially is what derogatory means if you assimilate it. But it comes from the Latin derogare, which means to take away. When, when you are derogatory, you are disparaging or you are belittling.
looking at disparaging, dis means apart, para means alongside, and aging comes from ago, agari, which means to, means to do. So when you are disparaging someone, it's the action of splitting alongside or splitting away from alongside the other person, I guess. I don't know. It's where we get parallel lines alongside lines. We get paraplegic, AKA somebody that doesn't have legs that walk or well, legs that don't walk, but legs that don't move. Disdain, full or disdain, feeling or showing contempt or scorn. It comes from the old French disdain, meaning contempt. Insensitive. In meaning not, census meaning to feel, and then that ITV, I-T-I-V-E rather, the action of, the action of not feeling. It comes from the Latin insensatus, meaning unfeeling. Insensitive means the lack or the ability to feel or understand the feelings of others. You are unempathetic, non-empathetic. In empathetic. I don't know if that's word. I don't know. I'm just here. I am mean. What is mean? When you're mean, you're ill natured, spiteful, or unkind. Coming from the old English magnon, meaning might or strength, which is, I don't like that. But remember also mean from back in the, um, the Middle English coming from meanin uh, meant to intend to do something or to plan. Don't know why, but maybe it was a plan to be mean, aka to say a lot of crappy things. Maybe being mean was seen as powerful back then. I don't know. Next one is malicious. This comes from the Latin mala, malus, malum, the adjective meaning bad. This is where we get malaria from. Uh, but malicious also is a form. It's a, an adjective having or showing a desire to do evil to others, coming from the Latin malus, meaning bad. I think this is where we get the name Maleficent as well, but I don't know. Something, how about obnoxious? Ob meaning against, and nox means it's not going to be night, so I'm going to pause. And let's see if I can assimilate this one because I know that it comes from the Latin obnoxious, meaning exposed to danger, but I always like to, to break them up a little bit more. So I'm just going to keep you guys rolling while I type in obnoxious into old almighty Google here and seeing if I can actually get an assimilated form. So we have ob means yes, again, oh, or to or towards. Oh, and noxia meaning injury, hurt, damage, or entailing liability. Uh, oh, it's where we get neck from like necro or neco, like necrotic tissue, AKA dying tissue. Um, so I guess essentially this would be, uh, if you etymologize this, so towards the injury, meaning the subject, uh, to something that is harmful or exposed to injury. Um, something that is obnoxious is exposed to injury towards the injury. So ob in this case is an assimilated form of ob, which means to or towards. It's not ob like obstacle. Pitiless. Pitiless, having or showing no pity or compassion, coming from the Latin impious, meaning unholy, actually. 
rude. If you're rude, you're discourteous, you're impolite, you're ill-mannered, and it comes from an old English roop. Spelled R-U-P with a macron over the U, meaning rough or harsh. Spiteful, showing malice or ill will or feeling it. Coming from the old English spigot, spipigid, meaning sharp or piercing. I'm not really sure about that one, but it's spelled S-P-I. And it looks like another P, but it also looks like a little bit of a wonky P, I-G. Look it up if you want to know more. Stigmatize. Stigmatize is to mark or to brand as disgraceful or taboo. This comes from the Greek word stigma, meaning to mark or to brand. Last one that we're going to get into in this little part here, vicious. Aggressively violent or harmful, coming from the Latin vix, actually pronounced wix, spelt V-I-X, meaning force. So, there you go with those. So, I'm actually going to leave it there. I feel like this has been a rather longer episode, longer than I intended it to, but more so, I'm always trying to to show you guys the importance of the words that we utilize, right? I'll I'll leave you with one more that I've talked about before in the past. Um, You know, the F word, the F word in referring to uh, the homosexual community. Um, I'll say it. I don't really like saying the word, but um, the term faggot, which also can be a cigarette over in the UK or something like that, right? You know, if you want to go smoke a fag, that has a lot of significance. I hate that word. Um, because when I learned about it, I learned about the just the harshness and the cruelness of people in general. And when you say words like that, and when when I, I remember one time that word was said very charged to somebody that a really close friend of mine, and it really hurt them. I saw it. I saw it, and. At the time, I didn't understand because I just, I was like, ah, oh, it's, you know, whatever. But it's more. Because the historical significance of that word comes all the way back from the Salem witch trials. And, you know, back then, you know, when everything was happening and they were stringing up and burning the witches at the stake and, uh, you know, doing all that stuff because of religiosity and, you know, the, you know, witches were satanic and blah, 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 and this and that. You know, at the time, also, they were, they, were, they were gathering up all the homosexuals as well. And they kind of, uh, you know, aligned the witches to be in that same trope. But they felt as though the, the gay people, the gay community, didn't deserve or they, yeah, they didn't really deserve to be strung up and uh, burned at the stake like the witches were. Uh, so instead, they used them as kindling and threw them as the kindling at the foot of the burning witches, calling them fags, because fag refers to kindling. So if you didn't know, now you know. And now you know why you could probably stop saying that word if you use it. I really hate that word. I hate it when we, like, you know, like, when we take a word and we we throw a stigma to that word, right? I don't know. Thank yourself, thank your brain, your body, your mind, and your soul. 
And maybe instead of thanking yourself, thank yourself always. Maybe shoot a text to somebody or give them a call and just be like, hey, you know what? I just want to let you know that I really appreciate you. Thank you for being in my life. I hope you have a good day. On this June 23rd, 2023, catch you on the flip, y'all. Tempest says to Skedrick.